Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Okay, so in Judges 17 now, uh, let's get rolling with that. Uh, You have heard it said, one bad apple spoils the barrel, I guess. One bad apple, when an apple rots, it puts off this gaseous uh, stuff that ripens other fruit extra fast. Matter of fact, I, I read somewhere, if you want to ripen an avocado quicker, put it in a paper bag with an old apple or something, and it's supposed to help ripen that avocado faster. I but, you know, if you get too much rot going on, it rots others. It rots the whole thing pretty quick. And so what we're about to see in these last chapters of the book of Judges is we're going to see from here on out that Israel has been under the rotten oppression of the Philistines for so long that now the Israelites are getting a bit rotten themselves. They're becoming rotten with false religion mixing into their culture, and it's gotten them off in a very bad way. There's a degradation of morals and values on a national level. It's really, really bad. So I'm going to begin now here in uh, Judges 17 and 1. It says, Now there was a man from the mountains of Ephraim whose name was Micah, and he said to his mother, The eleven hundred shekels of silver that were taken from you, and on which you put a curse, even saying it in my ears, Here's the silver with me. I took it. And his mother said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my son. So when he had returned the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver from my hand to the Lord for my son to make a carved image and a molded image. (laughs) Therefore, I will return it to you. Thus, he returned the silver to his mother. Then his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the silversmith, and he made it into a carved image and a molded image, and they were in the house of Micah. Doesn't sound good, does it? (laughs) I don't like the sound of this at all. What's going on? So Micah hears his mother curse uh, about whoever it was that stole from her. Somebody stole her silver, and she cursed about it, and it it stirred Micah to go give it back. He figured he should confess on what he did, just so that the curse wouldn't fall on him. I don't think he did this out of the goodness of his heart. He didn't want the curse to fall on him. And so, dear old mom is so impressed by my little son's honesty. Oh, my precious boy, he's being so honest, so good for him. (laughs) Right after he stole from her, by the way that she decides to cancel the curse with a blessing. Oh, the Lord bless you, my son. I I mean, what kind of nonsense is this? (laughs) You don't reward bad behavior like that. Oh, but he gave it back, Ray. He gave it back because he was scared of the curse that she pronounced on whoever took it. Her intention with this silver was to have it made into an image, which is a direct violation of the second commandment. 
Exodus 20 and 4, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. A lot of bad things going on in the country here. Micah also broke the eighth commandment of stealing. He robbed from his mom in the first place. The fifth commandment Micah violated by not honoring his parents. He stole from her. The tenth commandment he broke because he coveted her silver to want it in the first place until he gave it back to her. He broke the ninth commandment because he lied about it for the whole time he had it. I mean, let's just list it all out here while we're at it. It just spreads quick, doesn't it? And so one minute he's stealing from mom, but then he, then she tries to reward him by asking the Lord to bless Micah for returning the silver that she plans to make a carved image out of it. It's messed up all the way around. Full 360, corrupt, rotten. What in the world is going on here? <laughs> I read this and I just get upset. Why would the Lord bless anybody for helping somebody make an image? I mean, God does uh, I'm going to make a carved image out of that silver. Bless my son for bringing it back. Lord's not going to bless that. <laughs> he only brought it back. It says in verse 2, because he heard with his own ears that his mom put a curse over it. That's why he brought it back. It's the only reason he brought it back. And so mom rewards bad behavior. Oh, my precious little boy. Lord bless him. Oh, parents, please don't do that. Parents, if you believe that your kids can do no wrong, I'm sorry, but you're stupid. They will do wrong. Trust me. (laughs) Anyway, this woman is approving of Micah's sin, and she's the one that taught Micah how to do it. He learned how to act like this from her, and she learned it from the culture around. Now look at how Micah copies her in this. Judges 17 and 5. The man Micah had a shrine and made an ephod and household idols, and he consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. You know, I find it real hard to swallow it how a man whose name means who is like Yahweh would put an ephod in a shrine with lots of idols. Doesn't add up to me. Doesn't add up. An ephod is a priest's garment. It's what a priest wore when they did their their temple work. Do you see how they are mixing God with cultural nonsense that they learned from their oppressors? We got a whole lot of culture. And stick a little ephod up there. Makes me feel better about myself. That's godly. All this culture. Put an ephod up. Oh, and let's thank God for the silver that came back so we can make another idol to go in the shrine. Guys, this is messed up. This is wrong thinking. Mixing it all together, religiousness, ephods being put along idols. Now, I gave you some commandments that were broken, but the biggest one that both Micah and his mom are guilty of breaking is the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. That's in Exodus 20 and 3. Friends, I believe that when you see bad things like this happening, when you see things so corrupt like this, Your focus should quickly shift to what is causing it rather than what's going on, what is causing it. If you got a flat tire every time you turned up in your driveway, you come home from work, and if you got a flat tire every time you pull in your driveway and got home, does it do any good to just keep fixing flats over and over and over again every day? What should you do? Your focus should shift to what is causing the flats. Get out and start looking for nails. Fix what's causing it. 
And so what could possibly be the cause of why all these people are doing this stuff? They're stealing from one another and mixing God with, with nonsense. What's the cause of this? I think verse 6 tells us, Judges 17 and 6, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. People say today that truth is relative. It's whatever you want it to be. Well, what I think is right is right for me. Well, what I think is right for me. Yeah, well, the two of you together are going to go to war. There's no peace in that. That's what's causing all the mess out there. Doesn't work. Because there's no standard to follow. Everybody's going against everybody else. There's no standard. Micah's religious lawlessness shows us how bad things have gotten in Israel without there being a central authority present to establish any godly rule. There needs to be godly rule set up. When everybody does what they think is right according to their own eyes, lawlessness is what is the result of that. Look out in our world right now. You don't have to look very far at all. Lots and lots of lawlessness. Why? Because everybody's doing what they think is right. They've thrown away the standard of God's Word. Judges 17 and 7. Now there was a young man from Bethlehem in Judah of the family of Judah. He was a Levite and was staying there. The man, I want you to notice we don't get his name. He's being kept secret for some big thing here, okay? The man departed from the city of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. Then he came to the mountains of Ephraim to the house of Micah as he journeyed. And Micah said to him, where do you come from? So he said to him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am on my way to find a place to stay. Micah said to him, Dwell with me, and be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you ten shekels of silver per year, a suit of clothes, and your sustenance. So the Levite went in. Then the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man became like one of his sons to him. So Micah consecrated the Levite, And the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will be good to me since I have a Levite as priest. (laughs) Guys, he's paying for that priest. Oh, God will be good to me now because I've got money and I'm buying it. He's given this Levite a, a wage, is he not? You ever known people that think they're buying their way to heaven? You ever known people that think they're buying God's favor? I got all this money. Look what I can do. God must love me. Now I know God's going to be nice to me. My own Levite priest. Friends, he's trying to buy righteousness. He's trying to buy it. And so now this is the bad apple here that's going to corrupt others. Micah is our bad apple in this picture. Here comes a whole barrel. Watch what happens. We're in Judges 18. Because the Danites are going to adopt Micah's idolatry. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Haven't we seen that? We're being reminded of what the problem is, the cause of the mess. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And in those days, the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. Okay, the Danites, the people of Dan, they were being pushed around by the continually combative Amorites and also the Philistines. Now, the people of Dan, they had to move east into the territory of Benjamin and Ephraim. And they wanted to find their own place to settle in. That's what they were looking for. 
But if you got to think, if there was a king present, because we're reminded there's no king, if there was a king present, they could have gone to him and explained the situation to him. And the king could have determined a place of inheritance for them, and he also had the power and the authority to command armies to take out anybody that stood in their way of getting any inheritance. He could have made it happen. A king could make it all happen. But the Danites are on their own. They don't have a king. Judges 18 and 2. So the children of Dan sent five men of the family from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshtel, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, Go search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. While they were there at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. Oh, who's this? They recognized him. They turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? He said to them, Thus and so Micah did for me. He has hired me, and I have become his priest. So they said to him, Please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. Guys, I don't believe it. I don't believe him. He's playing with idols. He's doing This isn't a good scenario. He's, he's acting like he has discernment from the Lord. Yeah, go. God's going to be with you. So the spies are sur- out, sent out to survey, and, and they land at Micah's house, and they recognize the young Levite's voice. Now, this young Levite, he, he is a known fellow, but so far in the story, his name is kept secret from us. It'll be a surprise for later, but everybody knows him. They recognized him. Oh, what are you doing here? What are you doing up here? (laughs) He's apparently well-known for some kind of big reason. And so they immediately trust him. Hey, we know this guy. He's got this. He's got creds. (laughs) So they ask him, is God going to be with us? And they trust what he says. They ask him to inquire of God. Now, this young Levite has quite the identity behind him that we're going to find out later. But for now, it's really hard to take this Levite's discernment seriously when you consider the wicked atmosphere he has decided to work in. If I'd have gone in and seen this shrine, uh, no thanks, keep your wages, I'm going on. But no, he says, yeah, I'll stay here. He's in it for the money. Micah was in it for the money. Everybody's chasing that money. When you submit to oppression and wickedness, you lose godly discernment. When you submit, you give yourself. I'm okay with this. Remember, Samson, this is how it is, Samson. They rule over us. Don't you know that? Stop rocking the boat, Samson. This is just how it is. When you give yourself to oppression, you lose discernment. You lose your marbles. You can't make good godly decisions. Messed up situation here all the way around. Judges 18 and 7. So the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians, and they had no ties with anyone. Looks like easy prey here, doesn't it? Verse 8, Then the spies came to their brethren at Zorah and Eshtael, and their brethren said to them, What is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go and enter to possess the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people in a large land, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. But man, we got a good land. This is going to be awesome. These people are going to be so easy to take. 
Oh, and uh, the, the priest over here said, we, we got it. He says, we can do it. I'm sorry, did you go see that, that shrine in there that he's playing with, and you trust this guy? So they report a good land. They think they're going to have the right to get it. These people are living quietly. They have no one to come to their aid. No one's going to be there to help protect them. What is the reason for striking them? Why go in there with arms and go after and to, to kill these people? Why? They're, they're, they pose no threat. They're living in peace. They're quiet. What kind of warriors are these to attack a people who aren't doing anything to anybody, especially people that have no protection? This isn't a good choice to make. Ultimately, God never gave them permission to attack. I never see that in Scripture. Well, the priest said go attack. The priest is messed up. He's, he's serving around idols and shrines with an ephod on it. I don't trust him. It's not right. Judges 18.11. And 600 men of the family of the Danites went from there, from Zorah and Eshtael, armed with weapons of war. Then they went up and encamped in Kirjath, Jerem, and Judah. Therefore, they call that place Mahanadan to this day. There it is, west of Kirjath-Jerem. And they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brethren, Do you know that there are in these houses an ephod, household idols, a carved image, and a molded image? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You know what's in here? (laughs) Now, therefore, consider what you should do. Verse 15. So they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite man, to the house of Micah, and greeted him. The 600 men armed with their weapons of war, who were of the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the land went up. Entering there, they took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image. The priest stood at the entrance of the gate with the 600 men who were armed with weapons of war. When these men went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, What are you doing? And they said to him, Be quiet, put your hand over your mouth, and come with us, be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man, or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? So the priest's heart was glad. And he took the ephod, the household idols, and the carved image and took his place among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods in front of them. This priest is a sellout. Money, money. So 600 armed men are burglarizing Micah's place. <laughs> there's, there's, they're robbing him. Y'all remember what Micah did to his mom? Oh, just saying. Now he's getting stolen from. <laughs> but when the Levite priest asks them, what, they, what are you doing? They basically tell him to shut up. Hush. But they offer him a better job. And so the priest goes from, what are you doing to, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you see how quickly he changed at the money? You know, you can't serve God and money. You can't. You pick one. You can't do both. Guys, look what's going on. He's chasing the money. They offer him a better job. Rent a priest. This is a rent a priest. Follow the money. And now he's not just following the money, but now he's also a thief now. 
cleaning Micah out. And Micah is the guy, remember, he stole from his own mom, but now everything's being stolen from him by a bunch of fools who are about to attack people that they were never given permission, nor were they ordered to strike. Do you all see how sin and corruption gets worse as it infects more and more people? This story began with Micah, and now look who's being infected. 600 and the spies and the priest, everybody's, everybody's tearing each other up now. Kind of reminds me of our culture today, doesn't it? Now in verse 21, it says they put the kids and the stolen items in front of them because they were anticipating that Micah would probably try to come after his stuff that they just stole. So they put a guard in the rear. That's why they put the goods and the children up front, because they figure Micah's going to be coming. Let's get ready for him. Micah's going to go bypass them. Watch this. Judges 18.22. When they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. And they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, what ails you that you have gathered such a company? So he said, you have taken away my gods which I made and the priest, and you have gone away. Now what more do I have? How can you say to me, what ails you? And the children of Dan said to him, do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you and you lose your life with the lives of your household. Then the children of Dan went their way. And when Micah saw they were too, that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. He lost it all, Micah. Lost it. Micah knew he wasn't strong enough to fight the rear guard, so he ran ahead only to be threatened by them that he better just let it go. It's better for you to just let it go. Y'all hold on to that thought. It's better that you let it go. <laughs> Oh, in Micah's mind, he just lost everything. What more do I have, he cried. He thought he had bought his righteousness, and now he thinks he's losing God's favor because he just lost everything he had with which he used to buy righteousness from God. Judges 18 and 27. So they took the things Micah had made and the priest who had belonged to him and went to Laish to a people quiet and secure, and they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon, and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there, and they called the name of the city Dan after the name of Dan, their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city was formerly was Laish. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves... Not for God. Did you see that? They set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life 
is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.